Steelers Show, part of the Back Row family of podcasts. And hey, Steeler Nation, welcome to episode 18 of the Back Row Steelers Show. On this episode, I'm talking more training campish news. The pads are on and it's go time. Juju and his contract. Uh, we may talk about that a little bit. Uh, not a whole lot. But what's the potential uh, of the Ratbirds adding Des Bryant? What does that mean for Pittsburgh and really the AFC North, I guess? Chase Claypool is schooling our DBs, apparently. And uh, seems to be lots of hype for Benny Snell. It's it's kind of weird. So there's some other pressing NFL news we're going to cover as well and some other Steelers stuff. But uh, before we get into that, you guys all know you can hit me up at Steelers on the Twitter and Instagram or shoot me an email to backrowsteelers at gmail.com if there's something you'd like to hear me discuss on the show in the future. I'm going to start with the potential of Des Bryant signing with the Ravens. Like At this moment, he really hasn't. Uh, he's been working out with them, but he hasn't signed anything. Uh, Des has taken some time off, and he's gotten himself pretty healthy. Uh, the fact that he's trying to get on with the Ravens speaks volumes about how he feels about that team. Uh, he wouldn't be trying out for their squad if he didn't think they were capable of going all the way, which, honestly, a lot of people feel that the Ravens are capable of going all the way. I don't necessarily think that they're going to get through Pittsburgh uh, just because we're healthy. We got a healthy defense. Our offense is good. Ben's looking good. Uh, but more more on that in a little bit. Uh, again, he wouldn't be trying out if he didn't think they were capable of, of doing some big things. So the, the, the type of drive that Dez has and the type of person that he is, um, it, it makes him dangerous. Uh, he has a winning drive, and that, that is dangerous. So there aren't many players that work harder than him out there on the field. There aren't many players that work harder than him in practice or in the gym, especially wide receiver-wise. The guy, he was just a monster before, and I, I think some injury stuff happened in Dallas, and then he had a little falling out with Jerry Jones. But for, for the most part, Des Bryant's kind of, even though he's a little bit older, he is not – anything he's not not a receiver to be slept on for sure so if if they add him the two big threats on the Ratbirds right now are just Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown adding Dez would make a kind of for a very unique challenge for defenses not to mention his ability to go get the ball making him an easy target for Lamar to throw to because of his strength Lamar doesn't necessarily need to be accurate he'll be able to throw on a run Dez is going to bail him out and Dez is willing to go get the ball He's a big, strong dude. Uh, I know it's been a few years since we've seen him play, but he's a bully on the field, and he could single-handedly make it make it kind of quite a bit more difficult to win the AFC North for us. As of right now, as in this recording, he still doesn't have a contract with the Ravens, and honestly, that's a great thing for us. Hey, I just want to give a shout-out, and I'm not like a big network guy or anything. Obviously, it's a pretty small podcast, but... Uh, ESPN's Brooke Pryor has been pretty kick-ass at recording uh, and reporting factual things from Steelers camp. It, it's nice to not just get fluff. Uh, there's a lot of reporting from other training camps uh, that is just that fluff, and, and I can't I can't stand that. And even some of the Steelers websites and stuff that are out there that are reporting, they're just kind of like boosting everybody up, and it, it, it 
it's all fluff. And she's reporting quite a bit of facts, and I appreciate that. Brooke, if you're listening, which you're probably not, I appreciate you. A lot of what I'm talking about on this podcast and will be talking about for the next couple weeks uh, for sure is or will be about reports from her most likely because they are very factual. So one of those factual sort of things is that Benny Snell's getting lots of hype this season. Uh, He's getting praise from coaches, praise from James Conner, saying that he looks great, he looks quick, he's making cuts, he's faster. Uh, He's apparently slimmed down to 212 pounds, which is awesome because he he was looking a little chunky last year and and a little bit slow, honestly. Uh, Again, he's speedy, he's making great cuts through the line, and it's really... Honestly, it's comforting knowing that the team is well-rounded in the backfield. Like, we're, we're redundant, and that's awesome. We just have so much depth now at running back. With that extra depth at the running back position, we're bound to send some to the practice squad. It's not going to be Benny Snell going to the practice squad uh, unless something crazy happens where, like, Wendell Smallwood's beating him out, but I don't see that happening. I don't know. The practice squad, it, it could get interesting there. There, there was an article... And there's an article about Kareth White Jr. He was a seventh-round pick by the Bears out of Florida Atlantic last year and then was let go by them. I clicked said article because the title on it read, and I quote, Can Kareth White beat out established vets to make the 2020 roster? End quote. To which my immediate response was, hell no. I watched the comments roll and roll and roll saying things like, by Samuels and people thinking that Samuels is going to not make the roster this year. Those people that think Samuels isn't going to make the roster are smoking something for sure. Samuels is not there to be a true runner. He's just not. He's a receiving back. Last year, he had 47 receptions. 47. That's that's a lot out of the backfield. The only person challenging his spot this year for that receiving back type role is Anthony McFarlane, and we've discussed that already. We're also assuming that Pittsburgh is going to carry four active running backs week to week. There's a good chance that they do, but there's they're going to have to be there's there's going to have to be some extra strategy for roster construction for the coaches, and that's across the whole NFL. Honestly, skill positions are a hot commodity. Stashing those skill position guys on a practice squad, which also has a limit, uh, it's it's really super smart. Normally, I'd I'd put a link like about different articles and stuff. And I say I put links in the episode descriptions. Uh, I'm not putting the link for this article. It's just not worth your time. It, I don't I don't know. It was really quite ridiculous, honestly. That That's really enough about Kareth White. Just today, uh, the Steelers, what did it say? The 20th, the 20th. The Steelers signed former Bills wide receiver Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, he's a former six-round pick out of Clemson. He didn't do much in Buffalo. That's two Clemson receivers now signed in the offseason or or the non-point scoring season, as some of us like to call it. Don't forget, Deion Kane is there too. Like Wendell Smallwood, I think McLeod is a practice squad stash uh, as well. And we just talked about the practice squad stuff and the reasoning for that. So it all makes sense. Uh, the only thing is that Ray Ray, Ray Ray McLeod is a decent returner and he's a decent special teams guy. So there's a chance he could work himself into the active roster that way. I don't see him getting on the field and knocking like knocking out our wide receiver room that we currently have depth-wise and stuff. I can't see him going out there and beating out 
uh, Chase Claypool, Ryan Switzer, Deontay Johnson, and Juju Smith-Schuster for field time. It's just not going to happen. I, I see him and Deion Kane possibly on, on the practice squad or special teams. Honestly, there's a good chance they get let go. Pittsburgh is going to have to figure out some cap stuff, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Let's, I guess we'll just stick to receivers here while we're talking about it. There are a ton of reports out there about Claypool and Big Ben and how they're establishing great rapport with each other. This is awesome news, right? You just never know what you're going to get. I understand we drafted Claypool in the second round, but honestly, when, when you have a, an old, wily veteran quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, he's kind of set in his ways. He knows the receivers that he has, and then you bring in this new guy, you just don't really know what to expect. And honestly, I, I'm very happy. I'm, I'm happy that I'm getting all these reports in. I get all these alerts. My phone blows up all day long. My Twitter blows up all day long. And I just see all this stuff. And it's like Chase Claypool and Ben Roethlisberger. Chase Claypool and Ben Roethlisberger. It, it's awesome. I, I'm loving it. I, there's even an article, and I will post the link for the article. And as Joe Hayden, uh, has, he was trying to cover Chase Claypool and he said that he's going to be a problem for whoever's trying to cover him in the NFL. So so Joe Hayden, who is a Pro Bowl defender, the, the guy is having trouble covering Chase Claypool. It, I mean, the guy is six foot four and like 230-something pounds. He's a giant, right? But I, I, I for him to say that, especially of a rookie, because Joe Hayden is a, he, he is a excellent veteran coverage guy. And... I'm just pumped. I'm really, really pumped for Claypool. Some of the reports coming out also, it's really tough to tell what's going on really, like really going on. What's going on in Tomlin's head and the other coaches' heads. A lot of it is uh, the reports are out there and stuff, and, you know, these these websites are looking for extra stuff to report on. They're trying to figure out, like, oh, what can we tell everybody? We need clickbait, Click, clickbait, and that's really all it is, and it's – I like to call it fan fluffing propaganda. Uh, it, it's a, it's great because it, it gets the hype up there. I love it. I don't know. I love it because I love to read about all the craziness going on. But at the same time, I take it with a grain of salt. So you guys should be doing that too. Um, and there was one, there was a hype video for Chase Claypool where they showed him jumping like, I don't know, a few inches off the ground or something. And it was it's in the article that I'm going to post in the link. And it was, a talk, it was the article about Joe Hayden covering him, but the video they showed of him catching this uh, touchdown pass from Ben was not against Joe Hayden. So take from it what you will. I still like it. I like seeing the guys catch the football. I'm super excited for the season, so all this stuff's really neat for me. Hype videos out of camp are fun to watch, you know, at, at the very least. It draws us in. It draws all the fans in. draws everyone in. And it pumps us up for football, and that's kind of what it's all about, right? So they want their fans to to really enjoy their team. You know, these people are out there, and I love that they put the media out there because we go out there and we buy the merchandise and everything else. Like, hell, I got a, a terrible towel hanging from my microphone right now. It, it's just there, and, you know, I, I have a big Steelers blanket hanging up behind me. I'm wearing Steelers pajama shorts right now, for, for Christ's sake. It's just that. I don't know. I love me some Steelers. All right, I mentioned about the cap and uh, how good Claypool's looking, and that's all great and everything. Um, but things aren't looking great cap-wise to keep Juju around for next year. 
So you'll you'll Mapletron and Chase Claypool could be the guy. Uh, the concerning thing for me though with the with the cap is how are they going to restructure Ben's contract? Are they going to stretch his money out? Are they going to try to make him stay another couple of years? And it's possible that that's the case because they say he's healthy and he's ready to play for a few more years. So they may just stretch the money there with him out to ease up the cap for next year. And maybe they'll be able to keep Juju. I don't know. But when you got a big, strong receiver like Chase Claypool coming in, he might just take Juju's spot next year and they may have to let him go. I'm hoping that's not the case. One of the concerning things for me, though, and, and this may be just because there, there's a lot of a, a lot of pump up and hype for the new guys on the team and some guys that were kind of underdogs last year that stayed on the team. Uh, but I haven't really seen much media coverage on Deontay Johnson. I don't know if it's just because it's a given that he's Deontay Johnson and he's good to go. It, it's weird. I haven't really seen a ton of media on Juju either. Uh, I, I think they're pushing the deeper roster players in like Ryan Switzer. Switzer's been getting plenty of praise from Coach Tomlin lately too, uh, specifically addressing his work ethic, his experience, and determination to dominate the slot wide receiver position. There's a lot of internet hate out there for Switzer though, but internet, I hate to disappoint everybody. Uh, Switzer's going to make the team. He's going to be out there. Just We're just going to have to deal with it. So I don't I don't understand why there's so much hate for Switzer. It just doesn't make much sense to me. I think he's going to be great. I'm just hoping that Ben thinks he's great too. Man, we just have the man. We got such an explosive offense. Let's just go out there and dominate. I, I'm gonna have to do a Pittsburgh wide receiver room uh, podcast, and maybe I'll do that for the next one. That I'm literally just talking about the wide receiver room and, and different attributes of the wide receivers and everything like that. I think that might be what we're doing next week. So, yeah, if you, if you want to hear things about the other receivers and everybody on the team, I'm definitely going to do a wide receiver episode next week. All right, let's uh, talk about the defense a little bit here. Stefan Tuitt is raring to go after tearing his pectoral muscle last year. Uh, that tear let, landed him on the IR, the injured reserve, in week six against the Chargers. Uh, that is apparently very painful and a very long recovery. It, it, he's finally back, like finally healthy. And I mean, man, we're talking, this is a long time later, just from a torn muscle in your pec. Now these guys got some big pecs. So, you know, you, you tear a big pec, it takes big time to tear, to, to, to fix a big tear and a big pec. So he, he's healthy and ready to go. Nonetheless, uh, it's nice to have some D line back and uh, healthy for sure. So that's good. And get to it back as a good edge rusher. Hopefully he's healthy for the rest of the season. And, man, we got a lot of depth on the defense, too. On to that pressing NFL news that I mentioned earlier. The Chiefs, they're getting rid of the Arrowhead chop? Well, well, well not quite yet. And I'm going to talk about the Chiefs for a little bit. Just hang out for a minute, and you'll understand why. They're not getting rid of the chop yet. They're discussing it. And... and and they're discussing a lot of things and they're trying to figure out what's happening with the whole equality movement and everything else, which is awesome. I, I'm happy that it's, it's, it's happening all over the NFL and the Redskins really caught a lot. I'm sorry, the Washington football team, they caught a lot of crap for it. And their owner was like, yo, I'm, I'm kind of like really liking the Redskins guys. And then 
all the sponsors forced his hand, so he didn't really have a choice. And that's some bull, but neither here nor there. The the Kansas City Chiefs, they're working on their stuff too, and they're trying to make sure that they are uh, as politically correct, I suppose, as possible, which is freaking awesome. And, and they're doing it the right way. They have Native Americans. They have American Indians in there as re- representatives from American Indian communities in there helping them, giving them some guidance, trying to figure out, like, what's offensive, what's not offensive, what what can we do to represent you better? Uh, because they do use a lot of Native American uh, sort of chants and other things that go on, and I'm going to talk about that real quick. So there's some things that they banned, and that is that you cannot paint your face and get into the stadium if you're painted like an American Indian. You can still paint your face, so if you want to put like Kansas City stuff on your face, that's fine. Just not paint it up like a, a, a Native American. Can't do it. Also, wearing of the headdresses is now prohibited prohibited in the stadium. Uh, they're looking to modify the drum deck at Arrowhead, too, and making it more symbolic uh, for the stadium. More so than making it symbolic for like the American Indians. But they're gonna, still going to do some stuff with the drum things. They're keeping some of the Chiefs' culture norms still, like blessing of the four directions, you know, north, south, east, and west. It's a Native American tradition, representing that all humans are tied to nature as well as the blessing of the drum during uh, American Indian Heritage Month and inviting local Native Americans to the Heritage Games. Why am I talking about the Chiefs? Again, well, because there's a lot of energy in that stadium, and... I'm a football fan. Like I love me some Steelers, but I'm a football fan. I really like watching games at Arrowhead. That stadium rocks. Uh, it's like the loudest stadium in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Them in Seattle is what they say. I'm sure Pittsburgh's right up there too, but it has to do with the design of the stadium and that they're just a lot louder. And games there are just crazy, which is I don't know. That's pretty neat to me. I'm not a Chiefs fan at all, but their stadium is pretty awesome. And kudos to them for making some culture changes. Their name isn't derogatory or anything like the Redskins, but they're doing right by the culture. So good for you, Kansas City. Uh, I I think it's also really cool that they're working with the local American Indian communities on potential culture education outreach programs to raise awareness about local history and traditions of tribes originally native to the Kansas City area. It's it's pretty awesome. So... uh, Good for you, Chiefs. You're doing a really, really good job out there. Now, I'm going to add a, a kind of a sad note where I, I was I'm sitting here and I was finishing up stuff, getting ready for this recording. I got a whole bunch of alerts, like a whole slew of alerts, and it's just it's a sad way to end the podcast, but I'm doing it. Washington's head coach, Ron Rivera, has been diagnosed with lymph node cancer, and that really sucks. Like, fuck cancer. Cancer is, God, cancer fucking sucks. So my father-in-law had cancer. Uh, he had stage four. Uh, I believe it was in his lymph nodes as well. He beat it, but he's like maxed on chemo, maxed on radiation. Uh, Wayne, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you do or not, but you know I'm happy you made it through, man. But it kind of sucks for him because he's maxed out now. He can't have any more. So if things come back, he's that, that, that really sucks. And, and it's really, really emotionally taxing. But uh, first and foremost, fuck cancer. And Ron Rivera, man, I hope you get better. So good luck on your fighting journey, Ron. Yeah, that really sucks. All right, well, uh, 
I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the podcast. So far, the podcast has gotten a whole, like, uh, I don't know, 10 ratings, four reviews, something like that on Apple. And to all you out there, thank you again for listening and downloading the episodes. Like I always say, get outside, get some fresh air and sun. Take some time to appreciate nature. It's, it's good for you. Go outside, get some fresh air. It'll make you feel better. I promise. It's almost as good as a hug. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, it's a, it's a nature hug. Oh, and I'm not supposed to tell this secret either. My mom, for the first time in her whole life, bought a palm tree. I don't know why that's relevant, but anyway, see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time on the Back Row Steelers Show.